In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley. And I'm flying without my podcast pal, Travis Ratz, today. We've got a special interview episode. I've got, uh, I've got Daryl Manziel on, on the podcast with me today. Daryl's going to talk about his comic book, Pineville, that's out on Comixology. Uh, and so that's our plan today. We're, we're, we're just going to do a little, a little interview one, a mini episode uh, with, with my man, Daryl. Daryl, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for. I'm gonna let the audience in on this. Doing this again with me. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, Daryl, I we, I got you on the show today. Uh, we go back and forth on the, on the internets uh, occasionally on the Twitter, if you will. Twitter is yes, this, Twitter is this wonderful thing that connects like literally everybody in comics together. It's this this beautiful collective that sometimes gets weirdly ugly, but mm-hmm. I try to only participate in the nice parts of it. So <laughs> You know what? That's what I like about you, sir. You know, I try, I try to be good. So, Daryl, why don't you tell the audience about your book that you've got out about Pineville? Give them the, give them the you know, the, the quick and dirty version of, uh, of, of the book. Well, anybody that knows me knows that I highly enjoy quick and dirty. So <laughs> when it comes to Pineville, man, it's uh, it's it's two stories in one. It's two concurrent stories in one. So you're getting uh, you're getting double the story for the same amount of price as a regular story. Uh, one half of that story is uh, inmate uh, Cooper Forney. Uh, he's locked up in Pineville Penitentiary, the titular uh, penitentiary of the story. Uh, and he's just fighting to stay alive, man. Locked up in the jail. You know, you got to watch your back from a whole bunch of different angles. Uh, little does Coop realize that he's already slowly being killed while he's still trying to fight to stay alive, and he, he doesn't even know it. So that's uh, a little bit of jail intrigue for you. On the other side of the, uh, of the house, we have a, uh, a lady of the evening named uh, Cassandra, who's uh, who's going about her day doing what she what she has to do out there in the streets to uh, just to keep the roof over her and her grandpa's head. And so so basically, you know, you got. You got two two different shades of crime going on in this book, and they will eventually, at some point, dovetail. All right, all right. So we got the two stories. We got our inmate. We've got our our fair maiden prostitute, as, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as the story as the story goes. So let me ask you, um, this this book. How long have you been been working on this bad boy? I mean, I mean, it's on Comicsology. The folks can get issue one. What, what's the what's the price point on this bad boy? Two ninety nine, sir. Oh, what, two ninety nine or three ninety nine? Two ninety nine. The low, low price of of two dollars and ninety nine cents. That's right. You're rocking. You're rocking that uh that rebirth price. That's what you've got going on. Oh yeah, I just drop one issue of Doctor Fate and go on and pick up pick up a Pineville man. So the two people left reading Doctor Fate. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, go, I'm trying to get both of them. Drop that and pick up Pineville. So how, how long is how long is have you been working on this bad boy? I first came up with the idea uh, in mid, early to mid 2014, um, in the shower randomly, just doing a little mental exercise, uh, wondering, you know, what would happen if X, Y, and Z went down? And my mind immediately went to, well, A, B, and C would happen. 
<laughs> and I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And yeah, I just I took the next couple of weeks, couple of months to uh, kind of roll it around in my head. And I was going to do it as a, a novel at first. I was going to, you know, bang it out on the old typewriter there. I talked to a couple of friends and uh, they all agreed that this is a story that uh, that would probably best serve in a visual medium. So decided to go the comic book route and, you know, two years of some change later, here we are. All right, all right. So you decided instead of going novel, going comic book, and uh, you've got a great artist on this. What's the artist's name on this book? Jordi Perez, man, a uh, a true-blooded Spaniard from Spain. Uh, so it makes a little bit of the, uh, the communication is a, a bit of a, a language and time barrier. So usually uh, I wake up to a lot of his emails. I would have rather have, you know, I would have preferred to have been able to respond instantly and have a communication there. But normally while... Well, I'm sleeping. He's in the middle of his day, and by the time I get off work, he's winding his day down. So, uh, yeah, Jordy is a a great artist. He is. He's fantastic. He does some really good uh, character work in here. You've got some. He's got some really good facial expressions in the book. You you know, there's there's some pieces through it where where you're kind of you know seeing everybody's expressions and stuff. He does a really good job on it. Uh, in fact, it, it's just a black and white book, and it is. It has a ton of emotion and character. Without any sort of, you know, without any, you know, color wash on it, without any gray wash on it or anything like that, he's able to kind of pull a really good story out with, with what you've got there for him. Um, so you said that you've got this language barrier between you and him. Is Google Translate your best friend? Is that is that <laughs> the barrier? Isn't that bad? Uh, his English is is I would say like eighty five percent there. All right. So a lot of a lot of context clues and you know and a couple of uh, you know requests for clarification we can we can pretty much figure out what the other was talking about. <laughs> so it's it like like everybody else in the world he speaks English but you don't <laughs> but but as a nice American <laughs> we don't speak any other language. So he speaks great English. <laughs> I took a couple of semesters of high school Spanish. So yeah. that's. Where all right now you you and me both you and me both. <laughs> i don't think i do mu- i don't think i do much better um so let me let me ask you this as you're working with your artist on this i'm gonna get a little processy with you um, all right what how do you write your scripts like are your scripts overly detailed how do you send especially since you're working with a guy you know across the ocean thousands yeah. of miles away time zones away slight language barrier how how are you writing your scripts? How's that working for you as a comic book writer? How, where how did you figure out how to do it? Wh- you know, and how how are you setting them up for him? Oh uh, well, when I when I happened upon Joy, the the uh, first issue was already written. Um, so pretty much, yeah, you know, I just gave it to him, <laughs> and I was like, it sounded like something you might be cool with doing. And he's he read over, and he was like, yeah, I think I get down with that. When it comes to the actual uh, writing of the script, uh, basically. Uh, I'm I'm a huge huge movie addict. I'm a, a big movie buff. I love watching movies. Um, so I just kind of think about whatever scene I'm writing. Uh, how would I want to see it in a movie? So I kind of wear two hats. I put on my director's hat, and I would figure out you know how I would want them to move throughout the scene, where I want the blocking to be, where would they be when they say these lines to make sure they're you know quote unquote hitting their mark. And once I have that kind of figured out. I take that director hat off and I put on my writer hat and I just kind of write what I envision in my mind's eye. And, uh, you know, and that's that's pretty much what you, you know, what Jordy sees on the page. Um, not too much information, not too much detail, because I want to give him his own room to breathe and create things the way he wants to create them. 
so just enough for him to get a picture of, of what I want, and then I let him run amok with everything else. All right, fantastic. So let me ask you, where did you, uh, you know, you said that you were originally going to go ahead and do this as a novel, uh, and then you decided, you know, after talking to some friends that you're going to go the, the, you know, the comic book route. How did you figure out, how did you go from what would be essentially writing prose, straight up prose, to how did you figure out how to turn that into comic book script? Was there something you were looking at? Did you ask anybody for advice? How did you figure out how to go from that to the, to the scripting? Uh, there's two great books out there uh, when it comes to, to you know, formulating a, a good comic book. One is Words for Pictures, which I do believe is Brian Michael Bendis's book. Okay. And the other one is uh, The Art of Comic Book Writing, I think is what it's called. I can't remember the guy's name. I have both of those. Um, and they are both um, very great at detailing more than just how a scripture look. They talk about, you know, development and plotting and pacing your story and, you know, uh, what people are looking for when uh, when they're reading your script and all that kind of stuff. So I just sat down and, and poured through all the aspects of, of those two books. And uh, when it comes to the actual formatting of uh of my scripts, you know, both those books have examples, but uh, I preferred to go the uh, the uh, Brian K. Vaughn route, uh, the Saga Deluxe Book One. Uh, for those out there who are fans of Saga, in the back, I think it's issue six. They have the complete full script okay. right now, so that's pretty much the formatting I took because uh, there's no, uh, you know, which is kind of crappy. There's no universal way to, yeah. to, you know, to write your script that everybody's on the same page. So I just kind of took elements of this and that from those two books, but it mostly came from when it came down to the actual putting words on paper, I uh, left it straight from a uh, good old BKV there. You can't go wrong stealing from Brian K. Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that put on a, a t-shirt. You can't go wrong stealing from Brian K. Vaughn. I think that's, <clears throat> words to live by for anybody in, it, in comics and it almost rhymes it does it kind of slant rhymes and so it's close enough mm-hmm. you know what i mean exactly eminem would approve yeah horseshoes hand grenades and uh t-shirts i think those are all <laughs> I think that's uh, <laughs> I think that's how it works <laughs> so you said that this you know this sort of hit you in the shower i know that sometimes when i'm in the shower i think about prostitutes too so mm-hmm. my, my question to you is, what, how did you, how, what kind of research did you do? I mean, it's a prison story. It's in prison. You know, what kind of research are you doing to, to kind of get some ideas about what this prison story should be like? Uh, when it came to the prison aspect of things, uh, I have two cousins who work in law enforcement. Uh, you know, one was, uh, you know, we did a lot of, uh, you know, undercover type deals and stuff like that. Um, so they they know their way around, you know, prisons, jails, the legal system, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so, you know, anything that I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about or if I have any kind of questions on, you know, what's what's a day in the life of like, you know, those are two great resources that I have that are family. So, you know, yeah. I can just give them all real quick and say, hey, you know, how would this go in this situation? And then, you know, I might have to spin it a little bit for, you know, for you know, creativity's sake. Yeah. Uh, and also just watching a lot of, of you know, jail and prison related material uh, fiction like, you know, Green Mile or, or they definitely HBO's Oz, which is like the quintessential prison show. Um, so a lot of, you know, and see how the, the realistic side does things and see how the fictional side does things. And I kind of tried to marry those two together. 
Okay. When it came to the prostitute side of things, this is definitely <laughs> a lot of a lot of googling is, is what went down there. Um, uh, one thing that I, I didn't want to harp too much on on the prostituting things because she does have a life outside yeah, of that business. Yeah. Um. So you know, I didn't. I definitely didn't want to make it just uh, just you know boobs everywhere and all that kind of good stuff there's <laughs> there's a story to be told there so that's kind of more of a just a, a device that that motivates so essentially you just listen to roxanne by the police on repeat and yeah exactly use that as inspiration for the prostitute parts i got it okay I, I called sting and i was like do you put on the red light i'm still not sure do we put it on or do we not put it on does she have yeah. does she have to wear that dress tonight? That's my question. Does she have to? <laughs> and just watching a pretty woman over and yeah. over and over again. You know what? There could be worse things. <laughs> that's right. There could be worse things. So let me let me ask you. So that's a, that's a little bit about the comic book. I'm gonna tell people go check it out. Find it on Comicsology. Uh, look for Pineville. It's there. Two ninety nine. Don't buy Nightwing this week. I think it comes out every single week. So don't buy it this week. There you go. Just don't, don't don't buy Nightwing for one week. You're not going to miss a whole. No, he's going to turn to the camera and you're going to see his butt. He's halfway in love with somebody. I don't know. There's a love triangle going on. Read Pineville instead. Pick it up. So let me ask you, right? So what got you, Daryl? What made you decide? I mean, you said a couple friends said maybe you should do this in comic book form, but I know that you're, you know, you've got a little podcast called the you know, Paprika Podcast. You are doing a podcast yourself where you're, you know, you're, uh, you're watching movies and reading the comic books that go with them, right? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, the Pop Rican Network, which has a couple of different shows on there. The Pop Rican Podcast being the main one that uh, actually is actually coming back for, for season eight uh, this week, as a matter of fact, with a new host. Um, the show that I do is called Moving Panels. Which is uh, basically we take a comic book movie, say, you know, uh, Logan just came out, right? And I might do that one down the road somewhere. And then I compare it with its source material. So obviously I compare it to Old Man Logan. And I just just kind of uh, talk about both of those. Uh, You know, the first section I talk about the comic book and then the second section I talk about the movie. And I'm doing 52 of these bad boys. And at the end of it, uh, at the end of each one, I rank the movies uh, in my order of most least favorite. So at the end of it, I will have my 52 top uh, comic <laughs> books, you know, starting with uh, Dark Knight or Watchmen, whatever's at the top, all the way down to the bottom, which will probably be X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> all right. Okay. I, got, I see what you're in here. So let me ask you, what made you decide to jump into I, comic book media, you know, comic book writing? What made you decide to kind of go ahead and jump into that into that world? What what made you decide to like instead of going from just a reader, right, a reader of comic mm-hmm. books, to jump into the creator of media, whether it be the podcast and now uh, I know that this is one book you're working on and you're working on some other stuff, right? Yes, sir. So what made you decide uh, to jump into this? Uh, you know, I I was I used to you know always you know whip up short stories here and there back when I was younger all throughout my my youthful days uh, grew up uh, realized what women were and that all fell by the wayside um, so I finally decided to get back into it uh, yeah around about the time I started reading comics there were just so many great stories out there and you know I I whipped up this little doozy Pineville and I was like well you know what's what's the harm you know there's 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 no negative repercussion for, you know, attempting something 
you know, something to, to put some art out there in the world. Uh, the worst thing that happens is someone's like, ah, that wasn't for me, or I didn't feel it. You know, they go about their way. Uh, so I, I try to encourage everybody, if you have an idea, just, just put it out there in the world. Somebody's going to like it. Somebody's going to appreciate it. And if you, if you find one person that was like, ah, that was kind of dope, then, hey, I call that, you know, mission successful. So I decided to, to, to I had this story in my head. I love comics. It just seemed like the, uh, the, the perfect marriage. I plunged in and went for it. All right, awesome. So you've got this one episode or you the one issue. I keep I, as in podcast world, my brain works in episodes. You've got <laughs> you've got this one issue of Pineville out. Uh, folks, get it on Comicsology. What's your plan from here? What, what's what's the ultimate goal for Pineville? The ultimate goal is to get this joint picked up, man. That is the ultimate goal. A uh, large company, small company. I would just love to see uh, Pineville either digital or or in print. Uh, this first issue cost me a nice bit of change. Um, I did a, a Indiegogo campaign and raised some money for it. Uh, just wanted to get the first five or six pages done, but luckily I was fortunate enough to have a lot of good people in my corner, and I raised enough to get the entire first issue done. Um, I can't count on those friends to do that uh, 19 more times, <laughs> uh, as this is a 20-issue a uh, maxi-series. Uh, so uh, when it comes down to it, it's it's one of two things. Either A, I get picked up by somebody, you know, I get paid to do this, which would be pretty cool. Or uh, B, I uh, scrap and piecemeal this story together uh, for the next 200 years of my life, uh, scraping up money to, to get this paid for. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I get it picked up. That's the plan. I have the first eight issues already written. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground running with whoever might be interested in picking this bad boy up. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to stop at uh, writing issue 10, which is the halfway mark. I'm going to transfer over to the other series that I've been working on uh, called Once Upon a Time in Space. And that's going to be my uh, my, my sci-fi Western epic and uh, start developing that more. And hopefully between either that or Pineville, get a little bit of a little bit of traction in one of these one of these bad boys. Awesome. So. Uh, how did you get hooked up with your artist on this? How did you find, you know, a guy in Spain, a, a great artist in Spain to go ahead and, and help you out on this? How, how did you find? So, like, if there's a listener out there who just took your advice and said they want to create some art, how did you find someone to go ahead and work with you on this? Um, there was a forum that a buddy of mine gave me. Uh, he was also thinking about uh, doing his own bit of business. And he said, hey, it's a form of of writers uh, who have the story to tell, but you know they have no artistic ability, um, and and artists who are like, hey, I know how to draw, but I have nothing to draw. So basically, it's just uh, you know, hey, here's you know, previews of my work. If anybody's interested in hiring me to do some stuff, uh, you can, when I first went to that forum, I was like, all right, it's going to be a bunch of you know random people, probably way overcharging for for their for their skills and services. So I wasn't expecting to find much, and I think he might have been the third or fourth click. And I was like, oh, this guy's got some good style. He's very heavy with his inks, yeah. which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, his favorite, one of his favorite artists, one of Jordy's favorite, is one of my favorite, David Aha, who's also, you know, a Hispanic dude. Uh, he did uh, Immortal Iron Fist yeah. with Matt Fraction. And did Hawkeye with, with Matt Fraction. Fraction. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. so he, he had a uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. He had a style very reminiscent of of Aha before I found out that he was a fan of Aha. 
Um, so I, I contacted him, I sent him an email, said, hey, I'm looking to do this business. What are your rates? Yeah, he sent me a message back and said, you know, it's these are my rates, which frankly were much lower than I thought they were going to be due to the quality. Um, you know, and we and we rolled out from there. When it came to the, the lettering, uh, the power of Twitter yet again, uh, <laughs> he, our, my letter, David C. Hopkins reached out to me and he was like, I heard you're looking for uh, a letter. And yeah, and we I gave him kind of an idea of what I was looking for. We ran through some fonts and then, you know, he I think he sent me the uh, that cover that you see uh, that that font. He gave me that and like three other options and the other options were non options. As soon as I saw that, I fell in love with it. So and, and it's been a, a piecemeal process ever since then. You know, Jory will whip up a page. You know, I send it back for any corrections. We send it over to Dave for him the letter. And you know, the 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 miracles of technology in Dropbox. I was gonna say, imagine like you were we're in this wonderful age where this can all happen digitally. You know that you can work with an artist in Spain and you don't have to like like mail him scripts. You know, you don't have to like post him scripts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can only that, imagine. That is lovely. Yeah, you know, you can just drop by, you can drop by scripts or just you know Google in the scripts, and he can get you back with the pages. That's got to be that's got to feel pretty nice. It feels, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I couldn't if if I was trying to do this maybe ten years ago, yeah. I I couldn't, I just couldn't. So, Daryl, you, you've got the network. People need to check out the the Paprika Network. They got to check out your podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. They got to check out Pineville. Right, I'm gonna oh, tell. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell him right now. Don't buy the next episode of Deadshot. Don't do it. You don't need it. <laughs> you, you don't need an episode. I just turned to a weird, a weird episode of things not to buy. <laughs> don't don't buy that. On Comicsology, go buy Pineville. So, Daryl, we always ask our guests.